0: presence is you, but it's a dimmer switch. In certain circumstances, you're gonna push it up a bit. Then it might not feel right, and you're gonna go down a bit. It has to be achievable, it has to be actionable, and it has to be true to who you are. What works for you, Bart, won't work for me.
1: Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire, I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Ash K. Ash is a consultant with the Humphrey Group. And you've been with us for what, a year now, Ash? Correct. Yes. And and I've had the great pleasure of partnering with you on a number of engagements for clients. And during the course of that work and our conversations, I came to see that you bring tremendous skills and perspective and and presence. And so we delved into, you know, what, led to those skills. And you're a former journalist. You're a producer who then made the transition to leadership development. And now you ply your trade with us and others. So when we were talking, I said, you know, love to get you on the podcast to talk about what perspective you bring from this world of journalism, from this world of production to the practice of presence. And I'm very excited because presence is something all of our clients want to project. So thank you for coming on the Inspired Podcast to talk about projecting a leadership presence.
0: So happy to be here.
1: Thank you, Bart. Yeah, th- thanks for coming. So let's start with definition. What is leadership presence?
0: Leadership presence means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So let me start with present is how we show up. And all of us already have that, but we've heard the terms leadership presence. We've heard the terms executive presence. And that's really kind of when you either lead a meeting or you're logging on to a virtual call and you just show up like you belong and people are paying attention to you and it just leaves them with a memorable memory and you make an impact in how you show up.
1: Yeah. And so it's really like you are present with them and that's why that memory is made. Is that fair to say? Exactly. You use the term leadership presence. You also use the term executive presence. Is there a difference?
0: Well, it depends if you're selling a book or
1: promoting a video. <laughs> <laughs> or doing a podcast. <laughs>
0: exactly. But, you know, throughout my career in, in leadership development, I had a number of people always coming to me and saying, I received my feedback for my yearly development conversation and I have to have more presence. I have to have more right. leadership presence. I have to have more executive presence of right. <laughs> a senior vice president. We hear all of these terms, but really it depends on where you're at, right? There are some people that I work with that they are introverts in this virtual world, they don't want to be leading team meetings and being a completely different person, but presence for them and being present in the moment of that meeting might be being engaged on the chat, showing that they're paying attention, they're being an active listener. It's going to mean different things for different people.
1: And I think you've touched on something which is, I think overall, a very positive development, which is the different ways that we can project presence. You know, I've I've been in the business for over two decades of working with executives on their presence. And I think, you know, 20 years ago, there was really only one view of what presence was. It was loud. It was extrovert. It was usually white and male, (laughs) right? And now, Uh now there is, as you pointed out, there are many ways to be present authentically. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what that means? And then maybe we can get into how how you can actually build presence. Like what is authentic presence and does it reconcile with leadership presence?
0: It, de- it definitely does. And, and here's a couple of things I'd say. So number one, people, we, we admire other people's presence or we think, okay, I'm a VP. Once I become an SVP, I will have ultimate leadership right. presence
1: the, pre- the presence the. wand will be waved now <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly it doesn't it, it's not you just put on a suit you put on something presence doesn't appear but what it need, why it needs to be attached to who you are and be authentically tied to everything you do is that it has to feel natural right it's not between the hours of nine to five that you show up a certain way because that's draining right that's like putting on a, a costume and pretending to be someone. So how you make it authentic and why it's so important is because we're really smart. We pick up on things. If I noticed you presenting to a team Bart and I thought wow, Bart, you have incredible presence. I love how you lead a conversation. Thank I you. Love- a- <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really layering it on here yeah. for you Bart. Keep it coming.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: deal. You had the group engaged. Wow. When you last I have a memorable impression of you, Bart, as a speaker. And then a couple of days later, Bart, I run into you in the grocery store. And we bump into each other. And I have this idea in my mind. I formed a connection with you. You showed up a certain way. And I hold that to be true. But when you're in the grocery aisle buying carrots, Bart, and maybe you're having a bad day and maybe I approach you, you don't show up the same way. And guess what happens? Now, my first impression of you has changed dramatically. And and for you, we, we don't know what's been going on with your day, right? And so things might have happened and, and you're caught up in something else and you're not concentrating on how you show up at a grocery store. So really, if you put incredible amounts of pressure on yourself saying, I have to be a certain way during these hours every day, that's not realistic. Right presence is you but it's a dimmer switch it's almost like you what what do you mean by that what i mean by when i say presence is a dimmer switch is in certain circumstances you're gonna push it up a bit then it might not feel right and you're gonna go down a bit it has to be achievable it has to be actionable and it has to be true to who you are what works for you, Bart, won't work for me.
1: And what I, what I like about what I'm hearing, because I think this is one of the central tensions that I often have to think about with clients is they'll say, well, you know, you want me to amplify, but that doesn't feel natural, right? And so what I'm hearing from you is you, you do have that dimmer switch that you turn up and down, but it has to be within the range that is authentically you. Is that fair cap- uh, characterization?
0: A hundred percent, because... When I joke joke about you can buy the books, I've bought the book. I've watched all the videos. I I studied this. I've worked with people on how they show up, whether it's on camera, whether it's with my own kids about how they say thank you and looking people in the eye. I, I work in this space. And what I will say is it has to be you. It has to feel like you. You have to want to do it or else... It's it's gonna be like wearing an uncomfortable shirt. You're gonna want to take it right. off as soon as possible.
1: So so let's delve into that. People, someone listening will say, "All right, I want to project that presence, but I want it to be comfortably me." So, what's the first step to building and projecting that kind of authentic presence?
0: Get outside of your
1: own head. Okay. And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, I often say great communicators are unselfish. Here's what I mean by that. It is completely natural for all of us when we're asked to do something, whether it's to lead a meeting or take a call with a new client, is we get stuck in our own heads and we start getting kind of caught up in this land of what ifs. Well, what if they ask me a question I don't know? What if they're not interested in the content? What if I I don't win them over? What if nobody is listening to what I have to say? Great communicators and kind of that first step into being our true authentic self within presence is getting out of our own heads and thinking about others.
1: So Interesting. I remember when we were prepping for this, you had a story you shared with me from back in your journalism days around crime reporting and where you learned this lesson. Maybe you could share that story and, and take me into that.
0: Yes. So as a as a true introvert, Bark, I chose a career in broadcast journalism. So not print, television. All right. <laughs> now part of that is that I love stories, but okay. it also took me out of my comfort zone. So when you are working the weekend shifts, when you're a, a newbie reporter, your whole job is knocking on doors to strangers and asking questions.
1: Oh, well, it must have been a nightmare for an introvert. <laughs> It
0: is. It <laughs> is because the people are, you know, slamming a door in your face. People are right. saying, "No, I don't have right. anything to say," and you have you have to pivot and deal with that. You have to get past that.
1: Okay.
0: When I was working as a crime reporter, and you would show up, and you have this this thing over you, thinking you have a deadline, you have to get the story, you have to meet your deadline, tell the story, get the exclusive, get the interviews. But in part of the door knocking is you're asking people what they heard, if they know what happens, how it impacts them. And sometimes you would knock on the door of someone who lost a loved one just hours earlier. In that moment, how can you not be human? And that was the switch for me to get outside of my head, not think about a deadline, the story I need to tell, but think, Oh my gosh. How 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 must they feel with somebody all these people knocking on their door? How would they feel losing a loved one and and going through all of these emotions? Right. And in that space you adapt. You think of them. You think of what they need you from you, what they don't need from you as well.
1: Right. So how so that lowers the anxiety, that lowers the kind of self-talk and puts you in the focus of the audience, which is totally consistent with you when we think about the Humphrey Group and the work that we do around mindset, which is really, it's be audience-centric. How does that apply for someone, for example, who's preparing for a major presentation?
0: So ideally, what the idea of being kind of unselfish and getting outside of, outside of your head is it allows you the ability to flip the script. Flipping the script is when you're caught in the, the fear, when you're caught in the maybe questioning your confidence. When you go down that trail, it's easy to get lost. But when you flip the script, it's about thinking, wow, I wonder if they're excited about this presentation. Um, um, isn't it amazing that I'm sharing with them something that they don't even know. Imagine how excited they're going to be when they learn of the cost savings or the ideas or they sit through meetings where people are layering on problems with them every day and I'm coming to this meeting and this presentation with a new idea so, and a solution.
1: So it really it really takes... I, I just you know, think it's so fascinating. We're talking about presence, talking about executive presence and so often... You know, I know when our clients come to us, they say, oh, maybe I need to to have fewer ums. I need to use bigger gestures, right? And we're not even talking about the eye contact, the body language, the voice. It's really about the mindset, that unselfish mindset that you talk about that is the starting point of projecting presence.
0: It's the same as when we're in a virtual call and we're, we're caught up and we're thinking, okay, I had such a busy morning. I don't want to put the camera on. I'm not feeling into it today. Right. If you flip the script and you think, wow, okay, I'm in this meeting. What if this person has taken two months to prepare this content? Right. What if they're nervous about presenting in front of people they've never presented in front of before? If I flip the script and I put on my camera or I support them in the chat, that is that moment of me being unselfish.
1: Hmm. Hmm. So it really is a presence begins, just begins with the audience. I love it. and begins with that unselfishness. such, hey, a, such a great way to think about. It. okay, so let's say you' you've adopted that mindset, you've gotten over yourself, you've stopped thinking about yourself and how you're going to be, you perceive. You've started thinking about the audience, what they need from you, why. They need to hear you speak and hear the information that you have. What's the second step that you work with clients to project presence?
0: Be a presence detective.
1: Oh, okay. What is a presence detective?
0: <laughs> Years ago, my, my grandfather gave me the best advice. Successful people leave clues. We see things we like and sometimes see things we don't like in others every day. And when it's done well, when you see someone showing up well, when you see someone chatting with someone in the grocery store, when you see it in action, take a note. Because these are all things that you can do. I was in a present session earlier, and it was fascinating to me that since we started talking about the conversation with this group, is what they've noticed in others that they weren't even aware of. People think that you're, okay, you're born an introvert, you're born an extrovert. Extroverts, great presence. Oh, they're born with it. They, they can show up and, and lead a crowd of 200 and, and be a pro. Be, by being a presence detective, you realize that people have routines. They didn't get there overnight. They've been working at it as well. And it, by you piecing together, sometimes even asking them about how did you prepare for that? Were you nervous? Don't you get nervous speaking to these big crowds? Are you intimidated when you're going and and presenting or or singing at a choir? Like all of these opportunities are a chance for you to understand how people are putting together their own presence puzzles. And in turn, that takes you on your own journey in figuring out what you need to do to feel more confident and then show up with more presence in, in your next opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I think this really, this is, I love your presence detective because what it, what it really is challenging people to do is to challenge the assumption that people are just naturally good at projecting presence and recognize that as I, I often say to clients, the people who look like naturals have worked unnaturally hard to get to them. That, you know, it's uh it takes incredible effort to make something look easy. You know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. I love you know watching, you know, whether it's basketball or you know, I'm a cyclist, you watch people who they're just so fluid in what they're doing, but they have just through deliberate practice and countless hours developed that. And speaking is the same thing, and presence is the same thing. So when you look at things to observe, what should people notice as presence detectives? that will help them build their own routines to build that confidence so they are natural?
0: Things that I always encourage people to look at is watch how others create connections. Okay, Communication and presence is just us all creating connections. So how is that person showing up? What is the eye contact? How are they making eye contact? What are their gestures? What are their movements? When someone when someone questions something that they they're saying, are they moving over to them? Are they leaning in? All of these things almost create a sense of a better understanding for you on how to navigate changing environments. So what I always try to remind people to look for are not only these clues on how people are making others feel with their presence, but then also kind of the emotions attached to it. Right. Because I'll give you an example. Sometimes I'm if I'm driving down the street or you know, riding my bike down the street and I see someone smiling, I think, wow, they're having a great day.
1: Right. Okay.
0: That that's presence in the moment. And then my mind thinks, wow, like how impactful is a smile. Right. It made me smile. And then I'm wondering, oh, okay. Like that that changes a direction. That changes an emotion. And that's that's almost a contagious um, element that we all get behind.
1: So how do you, when you find it, when you find these things, because you'll identify things like the person who smiles, the person who uses a certain kind of gestures, how, do you, how would you then help people think about, you know, going back to that point that you made earlier about it's got to be authentic. It's got to feel natural. They might say, well, you know, I'm not a smiler, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I don't like to talk with my hands. I saw that person, I observed as a presence detective, that individual enters the room, they, you know, quote, light up the room, and as a presence detective, I know this. it's because they have a smile, an engaging smile, they make great eye contact with people, and they laugh a lot. Now, I don't feel that's authentic to me. So, how do you, what's the process for looking at what people are doing and deciding how to incorporate it? That's a great question,
0: Bart, and that really comes to not only where you feel comfortable, but what you're willing to try. Like really what you're willing to try. And, and so when I work with clients, and it's exactly that, they, they sometimes see presence 100% in action, right? Full up dimmer switch. And say, okay, Ash, there's no way I, I feel like that. I'm, I'm not going to be that person. Then I say to them, what are you comfortable? Like picture yourself on a really good day. Describe to me what you're doing. What do you look like? Um, what are your gestures? Mm. What are your movements? What's the the tone of your voice? What's the pace of your voice? And and it's almost like if they get behind something they're excited about right. or they're passionate about, like if you think about a loved one or you think about um, a project that you're working on and you're really excited or a hobby, then they come alive. And I say, okay, let, let me take a picture of that in the mm. moment, right? Like when you're really behind something when you're really showing your expression and your care around it, then you know, like, that's kind of your, your, where you're at with your dimmer state. So let's recreate that. And, and now, given different environments are changing, how do we create, recreate that? And sometimes it's a checklist. I will tell you, Bart, like, there are days where, you know, low dimmer switch for me. And I will take the dog for a walk, but I'll still say to myself, okay, be present, you know, be friendly. Hmm. And I might pass someone on the street. Don't clower, (laughs) don't clower. Yeah, yeah, I I might pass someone on the street and I'm not going to make a comment about the weather, but I might just nod my head and look them in the eye.
1: Right, yeah, so so what I'm hearing, you know, be a detective to recognize that people do work at it, people may be deliberate, then be a detective, a self-detective To find what you're doing when you are in those genuine moments where you're energized and excited, and then also be detective in terms of what you're willing to try.
0: Exactly. And it might just be that when you're at the dinner table and you're saying, okay, I'm putting the phone down, 40 minutes, the phone is going away. I'm going to be present. I'm when someone's speaking to me, I'm going to give them eye contact, I'm going to actually listen. I'm going to ask clarifying questions. All of these things, it's, it's like, you know, I, I often also say communication is like a muscle, right? We've got right. to work it out. Right. Same with presence. It
1: takes some work. It does. It, it, and, and I think eventually, like muscle, like a muscle memory, you can build it. And so it becomes a subconscious process, but it, but it does take time. So we've, we've talked about being unselfish. We've talked about being a presence detective. What's the third suggestion you have for how to develop this kind of authentic presence?
0: I'm not sure everybody's going to like this final one.
1: <laughs> I can beat this out if, <laughs> if you're listening. Well,
0: what is it? Well, okay. This, this is what everybody says, nope. <laughs> Just- you have to see yourself in action. If I was running a a reality show and i put a camera on all of us wow there's things we wouldn't want to see okay (laughs) right right but there's value in seeing ourselves and here's why number one is people are always surprised and i'll either record them or ask them to record themselves in action whether you're just chatting about your favorite book or your movie or whatever and the number one thing is People take away from it is we are so hard on ourselves. We don't understand our current strengths. Sith. Okay. Sometimes we're stuck in our own heads, and we're our worst critic. And so you need to see yourself in action, and in that you have to already see what you're doing great because you're all, you are doing something great. Sith. You are everybody. Is.
1: Right, and so you need to know what those moments are. You need to recognize that you are projecting presence and craving that connection and understand how to do more of that. Is that, is that what you're watching for?
0: Exactly. And, and one trick that I used to do in media when it talks about presence and how people are showing up is I would have demo reels. I would have people send me a link, a video, and I would watch the video and I would turn off the volume. This. And I would look at the video and I would say, Is their body language, how they're showing up to me interesting enough that I now want to turn up the volume? And
1: and you could tell just by their level of engagement with their eye contact, their body language, their their gestures, whether you felt like you wanted to hear what was behind that. Is that right?
0: Exactly. Now, my kids would challenge me because they're more modern than I am. And they would say, well, as my kids are watching YouTube and they engage each other on Text and Snapchat, right? They would say there's also an engagement that they can pick up on how people text
1: or like, how they snap really? each other. Really? But in the <laughs>
0: chats, right? Like how so much, there's yeah, presence how,
1: there's presence on texting then.
0: There's presence on texting. Yes. Like they will say <laughs> even and I've noticed this too in meetings. You know the person that kind of gives you the heart emoji. Yeah. You don't know them, but right. what do you what do you think when you get that heart I mean, emoji? It's a great feeling. <laughs> it's a great feeling. That's present. I'll, right? so, <laughs> right. I'll take it. So I'll take it. Yes.
1: And, and, you know, you mentioned broadcast journalism. I'm wondering, can you talk about when you were producing TV, how did you use uh, video? Obviously, you're filming everyone. How did you use that to make the people who were on TV, on air, better?
0: Well, uh, sometimes, it, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it, it's feedback and, and media is not always... Um, you know, sandwich style feedback where right. you, know, you compliment, you there, give the constructive feedback and then you feed it.
1: There's only the middle layer. <laughs>
0: so there's, there's only the middle meat of the sandwich. And yeah. then we would, and and I've been on the receiving end of that, right? Because you have people that are no, not only looking over everything that you write, right? they're also looking on your delivery so and, they're, and they're slowing it down.
1: Give me the unfiltered 30 second feedback you would give to someone whose presence you just watched and needed to be better. What would you say going back in time?
0: Going back uh, in time, I would say the feedback unfiltered is you have to connect with me. You have to make me care and you have to entertain me. And, and it's amazing to me, Bart. So I would think kind of when I was in VHS level days of watching and giving feedback. As is, a toddler. I, as
1: a toddler, they hired you as a exa- child labor, 100%.
0: A hundred percent. But you, you, you. When you watch people, you want to f- form a connection. You want to like them. You want to cheer them on. And how do you deliver that? Like you have to kind of come alive. You have to uh, appear approachable. You have to be friendly. All of these things. Now, um, n- now I look at that, and I and I have children that watch YouTubers, and whether it's on video games or anything else. I mean, it's the equivalent to me saying, turn it down, turn it down, turn it right. off, turn it off. But what what's engaging to my children when they watch YouTubers? Same principles, right? It's entertaining. It's right. high level. It keeps them going. They're forming a right. connection.
1: My my kids I- can watch these unboxing videos. I mean, now my seven-year-old, he will narrate, he said, Dad, I want to make a video about my toy. And literally for an hour and a half, he'll say, hey guys, you know, we've got this new Brio set. We're going to... He record I I'll put him on YouTube, but he he'll record it with the phone. I mean, it's remarkable. They're learning as children to entertain and to have presence.
0: Exactly. They are. We were I was in a meeting, we we're talking about chat GBT. And what I love about that is great. Okay. Have put it into chat. Have it create, have AI create you an incredible script. Have it respond to all your emails. Sure. But if your delivery doesn't match those incredible words, guess what? You haven't sold me on anything.
1: Right. It's got to come back to you, your beliefs, and how you want to serve the audience. Or Yes. It, and it, then it has to be authentic, to your point. But we have yet to let AI replace us on that front, so maybe there's still some hope. There is. There is. Ash, you, you've covered a lot of ground. You know, the three things I'm taking away for projecting this authentic presence are be unselfish, you know, tap into your audience and what they need, and then that will take the pressure off you. So it really is about beginning with the intention. And then second, I love this, be a presence detective. Presence detective in terms of what you see in others. How are they projecting presence? What are they doing? To recognize that you're not just born with it. There are very deliberate things that people are doing. And then be a presence detective on your own. (laughs) in terms of when you're at your best and be prepared to push yourself out of your comfort zone that. And then last, you know, the painful painful feedback is watch yourself, video yourself. I mean, look, the nice thing now with technology, we use so much of our communication digitally and they all come with built-in recording. So, you know, if you're doing a Zoom, you can record it or you've got, you know, everyone carries a video camera around in their pockets uh, with their phone. I remember back in the day, I had to film my clients, I had to carry a VHS portable camera and tripod it was you know this beast of a thing to carry so don't you know don't suffer now you can just pull your phone out and do it so
0: when you're kind of doing your checklist if, if presence is important to you right it's it's figuring out again what works for you but it's saying okay i was at that meeting today i didn't have my camera on but you know how would i feel if i was the person leading that meeting? right what would i what would i need from the audience to feel good about this and so that maybe the next meeting, you're going to say, OK, I'm going to be more engaged in the chat. I feel more comfortable doing that than having my camera. Whatever those steps are, just create the steps.
1: Hmm. And I love what you're what you're sharing, that presence isn't just about face to face. We can create presence in all of these interactions that we find real and virtual.
0: I, I've worked with people that I've never seen them. <laughs> I've never seen them. We communicate either with the cameras off or on chat, and and honestly, I still feel like I still feel connected to them. Right. I, I get a sense of who they are. I know what they're working on. I know what they're comfortable at, what they're not comfortable with, and that is still present.
1: I love it. Well, Ash, you've covered a lot of ground, and I know you're you're really well read on this topic. You know, two things I'll ask you first: What can people start doing? They're listening. You're saying, okay, you know. How do I start? Where would you advise them to begin to create this kind of authentic presence?
0: Creating your own list. It's almost your own to-do list. If there are things that you want to work on, make sure that they're achievable. So it might just be what I mentioned of sometimes I'm going to put the phone down for 30 minutes and I'm going to be present in my call or present with my friends and family. It might just be that I'm going to challenge myself. This is the hard one, even for me and, and for you, Bart, as the introvert, right? We might just say in the next week, I'm going to try to make better eye contact with three people. Okay, great. That's achievable. It might just be that I'm going to really be work on those unselfish moments when I'm at that dinner party and I'm thinking stuck in my head, oh, I don't know anybody right. here. I wonder if people are wondering why I came to this all by myself. How awkward do I look? Maybe I flip the script and say, oh, isn't this incredible that people have opened up their homes to a bunch of people that they don't know? Think of the work that must have gone into planning this event. All of these things are easy and they're actionable. I like and it. you just have to figure out a spot that you want to start and know that it ties into who you are.
1: It's great feedback. Great way to get started. And I know a lot of people also look for recommendations on how to project on content they can consume after this podcast. Look, it's a high bar <laughs> to match the podcast, but I know you've got a few books. You're well-read on the topic. What do you recommend people pick up if they want to deepen their understanding of how to project presence?
0: So there's a great one, cues by Vanessa Van Edwards. I picked it up, especially during COVID, because she really studies cues that we do and it it really helps in this virtual landscape in that how people are processing information and the chances that we have before us to create better engagement and better connections by just picking up on sometimes really subtle clues so that's a great read okay the introvert me and then you bart will always say quiet by such a great book
1: such a great book yes love it or
0: or watch the ted talk and on my list for reading, because I do this way too much, is Thinking With Your Hands by Susan Golden Meadow. That is on my to-do read list.
1: Ash, these are great suggestions. I always learn from you. I know our clients always learn from you. I really want to thank you for coming on the Inspired Podcast and sharing your wisdom. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much, Bart, for having me.
1: Hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Ash Kay, one of our talented consultants at the Humphrey Group with a really unique depth of expertise in the realm of presence and that you're taking away some very tangible things you can do to begin projecting an authentic presence, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, uh, or whatever style you wanna project that you can raise that dimmer and do it authentically. Next time on the podcast, excited to welcome Mike McDonald. Mike is the founder and CEO of Activate a program that is designed to promote healthy play in schools. He is a trailblazer in the space. He started a charity that has already made an impact for thousands of children across Canada, providing called Recess Guardians. And he joins me to talk about leadership, inspiring uh, children, and uh, helping them become leaders in their own right. So tune in in two weeks for that podcast. Until then, if you're enjoying it, please rate and review it. It always helps. Thanks, and uh, go forth and inspire.